welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now, podcasting from the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center in Chicagoland, here are your hosts, Ed Stetzer and Daniel Yang. Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping Christian leaders navigate and lead through the cultural issues of our day. My name's Daniel Yang, the director of the Church Multiplication Institute, and we're excited to have with us today Dr. Laura Lewis. Laura has served as the executive director of Pregnancy Care Canada since May 2016. After working for 22 years as a family physician, she saw the need for education, support, and practical options for women and men facing unexpected pregnancies. Laura has an honors uh, Bachelor of Commerce degree from Queen's University, a medical degree from the University of Western Ontario, and a certificate of family medicine from McMaster University. But before we hear from Laura, let's go to Ed Stetzer, editor-in-chief of Outreach Magazine and the executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. You know, we can actually, I was going to make a Canada reference. It's like, you know, because, you know, my daughter's in Toronto. Right. And, and then, but I couldn't like dismiss you as a non-Canadian because you lived there. Spent time there. You spent there, planted a church in Toronto and more. So, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was recently in Toronto and had a dinner with a group of Christian leaders, Laura and I had the privilege to uh, I had the privilege to meet her there and get to know one another, and excited to have this conversation because obviously people are talking a lot about abortion, about pro-life causes, and one of the things I don't want to get missed in this conversation, we want to serve church leaders with, is what are ways that you can get engaged and involved? And so that's what we're going to talk about primarily today. Uh, let me start with asking some questions of Laura. Laura, you worked as a family physician for 22 years. Saw many young women who were dealing with unplanned pregnancies. Tell us about how you, what you learned from that experience and what needs did you see that weren't being met? Give us some of the background. Yeah, so it's my pleasure to be on the podcast today and to talk about this. And certainly working as a family doctor and really my perspective changed partway through. But I did connect with many young women who were dealing with an unplanned pregnancy And they were trying to navigate through the the fear, the circumstances, the pressures. And honestly, when once I realized some of the greater challenges that they were dealing with, I recognized that I didn't have the insight to really help them that well. I didn't have the time to serve them as well as I needed to. And I didn't have um, the resources to walk with them through their decision making process. So As a result, I ended up helping to establish a local pregnancy care center where women could go and really get accurate information about all of their pregnancy options and have people who had the time and the compassion and the interest to walk with them as they made their own pregnancy decision, because really every decision before them was a life impacting one. I think a lot of our listeners uh, know uh, women who have gone through procedures, um, uh, and um, and on on the other side of it, uh, that you know they had a a change of mind, like they wouldn't do it again. And I wonder, Laura, if you have encountered women who would like to share their stories, especially in church settings, um, about their decision making and maybe how their renewed thinking has changed and. Do you feel that there's uh, the church can be a safe place for women to share those stories? Well, I think it should be, and I think it can be, and I think at times the church is. But I think to begin with, it is important to understand the prevalence of abortion um, in the states. The statistics that are given are that one out of four women will have had an abortion by the time she's 45. So that is a lot of people, and those are our neighbors, it could be us, it could be 
people sitting with us in church, people in our small groups. So the first thing is to really know that when you're speaking to someone, you have to consider that they may have gone through this experience themselves. So to, to make sure your words are filled with grace and sensitivity. Um, there's a study that I know that you're very aware of because Lifeway was involved in this study with CareNet in 2015. And it asked a thousand women who were attending church at the time of their pregnancy termination about some of the ways that they felt and whether the church felt safe. And three out of four women weren't sure or didn't believe that a pastor's teaching on forgiveness applied to terminated pregnancies. And over half of the women who had an abortion didn't believe that it was safe to talk with their local pastor about abortion. And half of them said no one in their church knew about their abortion. So for many women, the church is very silent on the topic of abortion. And so in that context, when it's never discussed, it feels like it's something that shouldn't be discussed. And so women won't feel like it's safe to talk about their own journey after their abortion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had the privilege of leading Life of Research when we did that study, and we had a lot of conversations in and around CareNet. And it was really eye-opening at many points, the percentage of women who uh, were involved in churches who would then uh, seek out an abortion. It's, it, this is not something that's happening to people out there. And I think part of the challenge is, is that even in, when it comes to sometimes preaching and teaching, uh, pastors, church leaders can sometimes sound like they're talking about an issue out there when, no, no, this is very much a conversation that we need to have in here. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that, because what happens when churches are are silent about abortion? And ha how have you seen uh, churches address abortion uh, in a way the way that's alienating to people? And have you seen churches do it well? So talk about silence, sometimes badly, sometimes well, and help us walk through that. I think it is important that churches talk about abortion from the pulpit as they would talk about any other human challenge that goes on in our society and in our culture. And so it has to be spoken about with both truth and compassion in order to create a safe space. If, if really, if we do just remain silent on the topic, it, it won't feel safe, as I mentioned already. So it is important first to understand why women might end up having abortions. And it is an in here. Uh, it is very relevant to inside the church. So many women might fear that they're not financially ready or emotionally prepared. They might not be happy with the partner they're with, or they might feel ashamed to be pregnant. And so if no one's there to really help them envision a different future or to walk with them through some of their challenging circumstances, they will just be reacting to their fear and make a decision based on their current circumstances and perspectives. So when we start talking about this in the church, it's good to have an understanding that for many women, it's not that they actually ever wanted an abortion, but they end up feeling like that's maybe their only choice or the only way they can go. And so the tone of the conversation, if we want people's hearts to be open to the revelation of the value of life and the healing power of Jesus Christ, it has to be um, with grace, with mercy. And as we hear in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And today there are a lot of clanging cymbals surrounding this mm. topic. So I pray that we will not be part of the noise. 
then in addition, I do feel it's important to underscore what God says in his word about each life and what he says about forgiveness. For example, Psalm 127.3, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. And Psalm 139 underscores that each life is known by God and conceived by him. And many of you will be very familiar with this, but it's so true that he created our inmost being, that they, he knit us together in our mother's wombs and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so these words are true for each life. And so then ending a life goes against this. And so the discussion of ending a life is really built on that foundation of what God's word says about the value of each creation. I think people are worried that if they start talking about abortion from the pulpit, that they're going to add more shame to the women that are listening but I honestly believe that the opposite is true, that women who've been impacted by abortion, they need to hear that God's mercy and forgiveness is available to them through Jesus Christ, that they are not disqualified, that as far as the East is from the West, so far does he remove our transgressions, Psalm 103.12, Isaiah 118, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And these are beautiful promises that we all need to hear. Hmm. I, I'm so glad you, you you addressed it from that perspective, because I think so many times, um, at least in, especially churches in America, we frame the conversation strictly around politics. Um, and then there's such a preemptive measure where we uh, sometimes think that if we, we you know, um, bring about the fear of God in people's lives that they would avoid abortions. But then there's the aftercare um, that you're talking about there. Um, I'd like to press into that a little bit more um, from a congregational standpoint, you know, pastors leading their church members. And when you know somebody who's gone through um, an abortion, and, and this is probably highly prevalent in more urban centers um, and amongst, um, at least in America, uh, people of color, um, how do you, in the congregation, uh, do that aftercare that you're talking about? But then also uphold that pro-life, pro-birth dynamic that you know you you said the Bible definitely uh, gives a foundation for. Because I I think that 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 before and after approach is so important. But I don't know if pastors really know how to do that. I I think it really goes back again to being willing to talk about it. And then if there are women, and there will be women in each congregation that have gone through this, that have found forgiveness and healing and freedom, and we know that it that it is through the power of our testimony that others can be set free as well. So I think it's important to create room and space and um, platform time for people who have gone through the journey of abortion, unplanned pregnancy, abortion and recovery so that other people can hear about it. And if it's, if it's not talked about, as you said, if it's only talked about from you know, that harsher point of view that, that that fear of the Lord is going to stop people from having whatever, you know, the premarital sex or unplanned sex or whatever that leads to an unplanned pregnancy, that that's somehow going to change it. But we know that this will continue to be with us. So we have to make sure we have grace on all sides of it. And if it's never talked about, then maybe when it does come up, it can come across as a harsh 
uh, solution. So I'm not sure, like even from the point of the unplanned pregnancy, how does your church respond to, to young women who may show up and not be married? And do you rally around? Do you celebrate the life that is within her? Do you throw a baby shower for her? Do you embrace her and love her? And, and the father of the baby as well. Like, what does that look like? Is there just, um, you know, harsh judgments that are thrown at them? And I think sometimes people in the church can feel like if they celebrate, they're putting a stamp of approval on something. And I think that's, that's not true. So I'm not sure if I've answered your question specifically, but those are some of my thoughts. Those are good thoughts. So let's talk a little bit about um, how we can actually encourage pastors and church leaders uh, to talk about these issues. You know, we have uh, in the U.S., we have Sanctity of Life Sunday, um, been around for, for decades. Um, and, and, and now moving forward, I mean, that's not, same, not the same timing and not the same legal issues in Canada. Uh, and it's also, too, it's different in Illinois than it is in, than, than it is in Georgia here. How would you encourage, and in what rhythm, in what way, would you encourage pastors and leaders to teach and speak in and around issues of life? Help us think through that. Well, I do think that these are challenging conversations, but again, it's we live in a fallen world. We're broken people. We all have regrets in our life. We all have done things that we wish we could change, and we've all needed the forgiveness and mercy of Jesus Christ. So including the issues that surround abortion in that context, where perhaps a pastor might be more comfortable talking about addictions or talking you know, about pornography or um, infidelity, whatever it is that if the pastor considers, how can I include the topic of abortion in that type of context where it is part of living in a broken world and where there are people who, who will make choices that they will regret, but actually not everyone regrets their choice to have an abortion. So again, it's right. not something that we can necessarily impose on people. I don't mean to be oversimplifying it, but I think it's just part of a spectrum of challenges that people face. And so if it's included in that spectrum of challenges, then it's not like all of a sudden one day you stand up and you start pointing a finger at the sin of abortion, you're talking about the, the brokenness of humankind in general, as you share about the, the gospel of hope that is what we're promised through Jesus Christ. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. Talk to me about um, how churches can be involved in well, ministries like your Pregnancy Care Canada. Uh, you know, I've been involved in CareNet and, and, and engaged several of their meetings. Um, what might it look like for us as churches, church pastors and church leaders, to be engaged in abortion alternatives? Uh, explain a little bit what you do, and because not everyone is going to be near a pregnancy care center in Canada, what you do or what we can do. Yes, yeah, so pregnancy care centers, pregnancy help centers, they're parachurch organizations. So we are Christian organizations that are an extension of, of the church, and we are we very much value being an extension of the church. Pregnancy Care Canada, we are an umbrella organization. So we help to establish new pregnancy care centers and encourage them and train them. And we do that from C to C in Canada. And I know there are similar organizations in the States that do this. 
So there are times though, where perhaps there isn't a pregnancy care center in a, in a region. And so often churches just need help um, learning how to talk about abortion or how to uh, direct people to trustworthy resources. So there are a lot of internet supports as well that are available that churches can refer women to. They might even be able to set up their own post-abortion group. There are a lot of Bible studies that can be done and, and led through a church. I guess the main things would be to understand what it looks like to walk alongside someone with an unexpected pregnancy and to be uh, to compassionately care for them, to recognize the need for post-abortion ministry and support, and to also, if there is a pregnancy care center in your region, to come alongside them and support them, pray for them, invite them into your church, let them have a chance to speak mm. to the people within your congregation, because often they have stories or they have clients, and we know the power of that, of a testimony to really impact a heart. Laura, as you've worked with uh, pregnancy care centers and as they've worked with churches, uh, I wonder um, I wonder if you have any stories of churches that have done just a really good job at um, being able to provide support for women who, you know, one, are either contemplating an abortion or maybe two, uh, those who have had one and they need that aftercare. I wonder if you have some stories that you could share with uh, with our listeners. Yeah, and often in communities where there is a pregnancy care center, they are, they're very intertwined. So the stories of help and hope are often uh, that combined effort where a woman may initially be connected with the pregnancy care center, and then they would become engaged with a local church for that ongoing community connection. Um, but in terms of stories, there are many stories, and I, and I believe so many women would love to, the chance to tell their story. I think of one in our own community, and her journey began many years ago, she was not given the choice when she was 15, her father forced her to have an abortion that she didn't want. She never had a say in it. Even when she reached out for help and saw a phone, a sign about phone here, if you'd like some help, she phoned it, no one answered. She had the abortion, then no one talked about it. And she was only 15 and just heartbroken mm. and really left in the silence of what that looked like afterwards. 40 years later, in our town, a young woman, same situation, young father was very angry, but we had a pregnancy care center. And so she called and the center director answered her call. The mom and the young woman came in, they heard about their options. They were just given hope and allowed to dream a little bit that this could get better. Anyway, this young woman carried on with her pregnancy, the father became involved. She finished her high school, went on to post-secondary education. And it was a beautiful example of um, how just somebody there to say, you know, there are options, there are people who will help you. And she got connected with people from local churches who helped her get an apartment. And, and it was just a lovely expression of the community of God surrounding individuals in distress. And I love this story because the center director who answered the helpline, she was that young girl that at 15 had no choice and no one answered the phone. And she carried that helpline with her every day for three years. 
and even slept with it under her pillow because she never wanted someone to miss receiving Mm -hmm. that care that they needed. So this work that we do, this Isaiah 61 work of hope and restoration is filled with women who have known the anguish of abortion and have experienced the freedom of Christ. And they are so willing to share what they have received so that others may benefit. And so I would encourage pastors, be open to the discussion from the pulpit, even to invite women. If there are some who have stories that they'd like to share, you know, not necessarily right from the pulpit at that moment, but find, find people and start talking about it and hear, hear these stories of beautiful triumph and overcoming because they're inspirational and they're beautiful. You've been listening to Dr. Laura Lewis. You can learn more about her at drlaurelewis.com. And thanks again for listening to the Sets of Church Leaders podcast. You can find more interviews as well as other great content for ministry leaders at churchleaders.com slash podcast. And again, if you found our conversation today helpful, we'd love for you to take a few moments, leave us a review that'll help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content. We'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. For more great interviews, as well as articles, videos, and free resources, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.